And welcome back to another episode of Grounded with Brandon and Craig. I'm Brandon. Sitting across from me is Craig. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to you. And um, this is our second Monday in a row that um, you are hopped up on espresso. You've got some, too. I got some, but I didn't drink it down like you. This guy has drank, what, four in a row like shot glasses. And like, bam, 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 bam. I had one. So who was it last week that said they were listening? We were like the, we they said we were like on speed or something. I think Molly Nauman. <laughs> okay. I think Molly texted and, and she was like, I had to check and make sure that my phone didn't have the podcast on like two times because you can do that. Like right. You can right. speed up or slow down. Yeah. She was like, I had to make sure that my podcast wasn't sped up. She goes, you guys were talking fast. <laughs> I listen. I didn't think it was that fast, no. but I talk fast anyway. But um, and I was exaggerated at first. Well. And and I did talk fast at one point. I did. Yes, that, but you yeah, did. yeah, but yeah, but I can. I get your point. We we might have been a hair. We may have been a hair hopped up. We may have a hair hopped up. So mine is now in my coffee. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, it's very good. It was um, good. Again, we got that new um, coffee machine. So hey, if you guys have coffee. <laughs> Right. We'll drink it. We'll drink drink it. it. We don't even care anymore. Just send it on over. (laughs) So the coffee, um, did you get coffee as well? You got coffee? I did. I got it. Yes. That is the hemisphere coffee. Oh, okay. Good. So that's really good stuff. And what's, what's the espresso word? The espresso. It's, it's espresso because the bag, X, yes. The bag says somebody took a sharpie and put X X, through the S. Um, but if you that, want to go on this guy's nerves, just call it espresso. <laughs> so that is Black Rifle, a.k.a. Espresso. Okay, gotcha. But that was the last of it. Well, that that, that could be rectified. <laughs> that could be rectified. Very easy. Yes. I mean, yeah. So, so hey, um, I, heard, I hear it's going to be a cooler week coming up, and that's going to be awesome because mm-hmm. last week was dreadful. Oh, it was muggy. Uh-huh. And uh, we were in Cincinnati um, Friday mm-hmm. uh, for a funeral. And, um, visiting hours and, um, it was 97, 97. Yeah. It, that mm-hmm. was, that's a little too hot. I mean, yeah. that is brutally hot. And by the time we got on route four coming back from Cincinnati, um, my truck said 71. So, um, there was a difference, but rainstorm. Cincinnati, Cincinnati had no rain at all or storm, storms, but up here we did have it. Yes, we did. So, um, that's what caused the, that's and what it did the cool everything mm-hmm. down extremely. It did. I mean, I, I'm like, I saw the, uh, a forecast now that could be wrong. A high of 77 today. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I will say that I ran this morning. I ran three days last week and it was all three days I ran Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There was like, 90 plus percent humidity. I think I ran Wednesday at like 94 percent humidity. It's dreadful. It was, it was gross. I mean, it, I should have swam. Well, <laughs> yeah, you should have. I mean, by the time you I was done, could it's, have. Yeah. It was, bra- it was bad because I rode, uh, I, I rode, um, Thursday mm-hmm. and, um, I think I got like, uh, 10 miles in or something like that. And it was muggy that day. Like yeah. we're talking still in the 70 percent range. Right. Um, I wasn't five minutes into the ride and I was soaked and I'm like, yeah, the difference is, is like when I run, I run early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's at least cooler, but the mm-hmm. humidity is higher. Mm-hmm. You ride later in the day when humidity is lower, but it's hotter. hotter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm not, I, I can almost take more heat. Mm hmm. Then I can do the humidity. Humidity. Uh, See, humidity when I'm running, I'd rather have it snuffs obviously. me out. Yeah. Now, if it's um like fifty nine and 
it's humid. I, I can deal with that because there's almost a coolness to it. Right. But, man, if it's 75 degrees in the morning and it's like 85% humidity, I, I just can't. It's almost like I can't breathe. This morning, though, was perfect. I didn't even look to see what the humidity was. Mm-hmm. I ran um, – I actually ran by the church this morning. I ran seven miles today. Um, I actually think it was 59 degrees when I when I woke perfect. up this morning and checked it. It said 59. Yeah, it had – there was a little chill to the air, which was perfect because by the time I got in, you know, one, two miles – right. Okay, I was heating up a little bit, and so the the coolness helped out a lot. Right, but I got home and and I had told Allie last night that I was going to run a longer run this morning. wasn't exactly sure of my route. Um, you know, you can only run so many ways through Richwood or around Richwood. Right, and um, and I said I may end up. I said if I'm feeling good, I may. I, I was planning on going down Landon Road and coming out at forty two. And I wasn't sure whether I was just going to then turn back and go into town okay. or come down and come by the church and back up Hoskins. And so I told her, I was like, I may just go down and go sit go Sivvy back to Hoskins and back into Richwood. She either was half asleep, which is probably what it was, um, or didn't hear me say that because I got home this morning. She was out with the dog. She goes, did you stop at the church? <laughs> she thought I drove to the church. Right. I'm like, because we got Life 360. And so right. she got a notification that I was at the church. And then probably about a minute, minute and a half later, she got a notification saying that I had left the church. And um, I said, no, I ran by it. Wow. Um, well, at least you got it in um, early. And yeah, I, um, you know, you're the guy that I complain about when I'm driving. You are. And we talked some, about that. Uh, and I always say, well, who's the dude running on the road? Oh, my gosh, bro. Go find someplace else to run. Because, I mean, you kind of take your life in your own hands because, you know, there's so many distractions. I mean, it's not like it's 1972. 100%. And your hands are at 10 and 2, and you're listening to your 8-track player. Yes. With no distractions. Correct. Um, now, you have so many distractions. Mm-hmm. You've got your cell phone and... I um I actually was watching the other day um people on their cell phones and it it, mm-hmm. it drives me nutty because mm-hmm. we were coming uh, down Watkins Road coming toward you know where um like Lowe's is and all that getting ready to turn out on uh, Delaware Avenue from where we live yep so I'm putting out uh, somebody turns out in front of me like literally I knew they weren't paying attention yep and um so i'm i'm following them. i can't get around them cuz there's a cop coming so i was going to buzz around them so i decided not to probably a good idea probably <laughs> and this person's just poking along and i i i you know i know i'm talking about kindness this sunday but it took everything i had <laughs> to bite my tongue and to be kind uh. so when i finally she finally made so the light changed there was a car in front of her the guy went right and she sets and i'm like i tap my horn beep 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 she was on she, her phone. She's on her phone. And um as I was watching as I drove through Marysville um during that time, there was five people that was doing the same thing See on it all their the phone. time. It's like, folks, drive your car or don't, but mm-hmm. don't just play on your phone. We got places to go people. Well, not only that, but my big thing is and I, I I will admit my wife can hopefully testify to this. I at least feel this way. My road rage has gotten better. I've been trying to to make a conscious effort of not being a turd. Um, well, that must take a lot. <laughs> it takes a lot. Um, but yeah, it's the like espresso people, helps. It does. <laughs> but not only do people like not care about you know whatever, but it's like they don't care about other people's lives. No, man, I had a person almost come left to center on me the other day, and it's like thankfully yeah. it was on Route Four. So they've got those rumble strips through there. So like you start coming left to but this was like they were drifting hard quick. Right, right. So yeah. but to your comment about me being that guy when I'm running, 
Um, I will say running that early in the morning helps because there's not much traffic on the road. And I feel that because it's that early in the morning, people are a little bit more aware. Everybody that passes me, and I run on the left side of the road, so I'm facing the oncoming traffic. So right, if right. somebody is coming and they can't get over or they won't get over or whatever, they're not paying attention, yeah. I can get down in the ditch if right. I need to. Um, but Maybe what if I see you running? I'll make you get down. You the probably ditch. would. I bet you would. <laughs> but nine, about ninety nine percent of the people are super respectful. Not only do they get over a little bit, but like they'll get over in the the other lane. Oh, I bet they're respectful. But as they're passing, you're like, what is that guy doing? Right. <laughs> I wave at them. I wave at them and thank them, and I'll even mouth thank you to a lot of them. Yeah, they wave back. They're nice. You're right. Yeah, they don't give. Yeah, me when I when I see any, somebody running, um, any obscene gestures. Well, here's the, this is the this is the terrible thing. I was actually going into Marysville from here uh-huh. and um i'm getting past the oh, the greenhouse about. i know what you're talking about you know the greenhouse yep. as you're coming into marysville mm-hmm. there was some dude running oh, okay on the side of route four now yeah. i don't understand that i will not run on because route, route four. four is about as crazy and nutty as you can possibly get right and so i was just you know my whole thing is when i see somebody like that because i he stopped us. He jammed us all up. Yeah. I'm about five cars deep. We can't get around him right. because there's traffic right. coming. Right. And he is basically running with one foot on the road and one foot on uh, over the line. And I'm like, first of all, you shouldn't even be running. First here, of so. all, that's not good for shin splints. Anyways, go ahead. No. And the second thing is, is that I'm not quite sure that you, even if you're allowed to do it, just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you should. should. Exactly. And um, so I'm like, I, I'm in my, I'm in my truck. I'm like. Oh, can you believe it? It's road construction and garbage trucks and farm equipment and runners and bikers. I can't get going. <laughs> You're like uh Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, oh yeah. my. Bikers and tractors and <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but I um Yeah, I draw the line at Route Four. I, 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 will I actually not run on I was route actually 4. concerned for him. Exactly. I, because I was like, you know, I don't know where he started and that's but you have to be pretty trusting. Oh yeah. To let these people run by you as close as we're because when I passed him, yeah. I'm as close to me and you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what is that? Three feet? Yeah. And but I was going slow because I couldn't was get he over. Running in the, like with traffic? With? No. Mm-mm. With? I'm not that trusting. He's running with. I so run you could clock facing, him from the back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, some of these trucks with like big old dually with those big old mirrors that hang out. Like. Yeah. Hit that guy in the back of his cranium and with you'd the mirror. Never see him again. Nope. He'd be gone. He'd, he'd be in, in the, the ditch, ditch for sure. He'd be in the ditch. That's why I've spring. got my road ID, you know, so he's right. got Allie and and that's numbered. So yeah. if I'm laying in a ditch somewhere, they can at least call and say, Hey, come pick your husband yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, well, um, at least you got your run in. I did. We, yes. we, we side trailed on that one, didn't we? We did side trail. I do kind of like that. Bikers and runners and tractors, oh my. There you go. <laughs> You know what? Maybe that's what I'm going to start saying. Just give me a laugh. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, what are those big uh, farm equipment that you see that sits extremely high? Their tires as big Sprayers. as... Sprayers. Oh, my gosh. And they take <laughs> up the entire uh-huh. road. So when I had my motorcycle, I go, wanted so badly to go on one of those once. It's like uh, Christmas vacation, the opening scene. Yes. They, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted so bad, but I didn't. I still have my motorcycle. I just haven't ridden it. It needs a little bit of tune-up work. So, um, yeah, those things are huge, and they take up the blessed road. Yeah, they are huge. And if you get caught twelve cars deep, it's like we're in for the night. So, right? 
I'm like, okay, let's just do it. But most of the guys are pretty respectful. They, they keep, are. They, they keep, are. They keep and, it together. And they pay and, attention and get off to the side when they yeah. can. And yeah. And absolutely. I understand moving that stuff around. My grandpa's a farmer, so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I understand you have to take that stuff down the road, but, um, but man, when you get behind it, you're just like, oh God, here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. <laughs> yep. I actually don't mind that as much as I do when I like pull out, like, I'll leave the church here and head home and, and I turn right on Route 4. And there's no one coming south, like no one for miles. I right. can't see anybody because right there at Hoskins, you can see quite a ways up the road. Right, right. I'll get going down before I'm even at the French church. Like I look at my rearview mirror and there's someone on my rear end. I'm like, where did you come from? Right. And they're flying and, and I'm not poking along. I'm, I'm going five mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, if you were in that big of a hurry, you should have left earlier. Yeah, people they'll ride up, ride right up on you, mm-hmm. man. It's uh, it's it's pretty brutal. But um, but um, hey, uh, well, yeah, yesterday, um, if you were at church, mm-hmm. you probably would have noticed probably more in the second service than you did the first. But it was pretty boiling at the end of the first. I noticed when we first came in. We had we have a couple air conditioners for that room. And the one on the left side has gone out. So mm-hmm. hopefully, cross our fingers and pray we get somebody in here this week to get it fixed. Because I don't know about you, but I was pretty well baked by the end of the day. So, yeah, I we got like two songs deep into practice yesterday morning. This is what, 8 o'clock. And I'm taking my dress shirt off because I didn't want pit stains on my dress shirt. There's an image for you. It's always something with you, isn't it? Always something. <laughs> but no, I mean, it was like, I was, it was just muggy too. It wasn't even like it was super right. hot. It was about 70, 71 in the room, but it was just, it was just swampy. Yeah. It and, was. And when I walked in, I And then it kept the, getting hotter because people, yeah, as they file in, they file in, and the one air conditioner on the other side just could not keep up. No, there's no way possible that that thing could keep up. And, um, I, I don't know. Um, when you, you don't think about that stuff while it's working, but man, when it doesn't work, right. you definitely feel it. And so, I mean, I did see people fanning themselves. Mm-hmm. No, but I. It was either the heat or they were just nervous about talking the, about the end times. Exactly, exactly. You know, the the leading up to that. Right. So exactly. We didn't, we didn't even actually get into the whole tribulation no, and the end times, yep. and I mean, we talked about preceding that exactly. so but um but I, it was a pretty good day yesterday i thought um um i thought you know the attendance was better than the week before mm-hmm. but still down and, and we July. got a ton yeah. of people that gone got a ton of people traveling and mm-hmm. vacations and um if you're here, if you're listening and you haven't been to church for a few weeks hey how about getting back to church for a couple weeks exactly and, um you know but um i uh it was uh but it was good we i thought we had a pretty decent crowd during mm-hmm. the second service first service was a little slim but Second service seemed to be pretty good. So yeah, exactly. And I do just while we're while we're there, I owe you some major praise. Okay, I'm ready because because I was I like it. I know. Okay, I know. Not just one service, uh-huh. but both services. You were under time. How much? The first service, you were under like three minutes and something. See, I mean, that's great. And I think like 50-some seconds still the second service. Really? So you weren't even flirting with it. So I've got uh, no, about that, four minutes that I re- uh, was under, correct, for the day? It does not bank. So I can roll that. does not bank. Isn't, but, that, isn't, that, like, isn't that like my Tim Hortons points? I can roll them over. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> you, you gave me rumors this morning 
that you may be under time this coming week. Possibly. Well, here's what happens. They're, they they put a timer on me, and the timer I have I, – I, I actually keep – tell them, set it for 35 minutes. And now people are like, wow, okay. So it's 35 minutes that I have it set for, so that's the time that I'll, I'll be up there. And um, I don't include prayer time. Yeah. Um, just – does that time just disappear? No. It just goes into no man's it, it land. Do, it does. It goes into this – you know what it goes to? It goes into the timing of God. So however he views that, that's what that is. So gotcha. that doesn't count against me. If it counts against anybody, it would be against your time. So. Right. No, I feel that because when you go over, I'm the one left to pick up the pieces. Like, how do we shave time off of this? Like the Which, day I ran over, what, six minutes or Six something? or seven minutes, yeah. It's like, wow, I guess I'll have to cut my prayer down to four minutes instead of five. Well, even my wife, the other, uh, was, was it, uh, Saturday, she's like, hey, uh, do you know what time you guys are going to be out of service on Sunday? And I went, oh, probably about the same time. She said, because a few weeks ago, you were, you were, you were about five or six minutes over. I was like, oh, okay. But you know what? They feel the heat back in the kids department. So <laughs> she was letting me know, hey, uh, don't run over time. So I didn't. Good job. So you say that there's a good chance that you're going to be under time this week. Yesterday you mm. talked about, you know, everything leading up to the end times. You talked about how, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, how, right. you know, we're pretty much in the waiting room, possibly right. in the birthing room. If you were under time yesterday and you are under time this coming Sunday, that's two weeks in a row I'm just telling everybody out there listening, you need to start looking toward the sky because we may be absolutely <laughs> in the, in the birthing room right, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Like Jesus could be coming back any day. Exactly. If Craig goes under time two Sundays in a row. So if I get to the third week, oh no, and just, um, and I need extra time, I know where to pull it from now. Where's that? From the extra time that I, I you banked. Use. I, just, I banked. So guess, think about this. I got extra time that I banked that I can use. Prayer time doesn't count against me. I still don't this understand is... how that works. <laughs> Why? My prayer time counts against me. Because um, when I pray, <laughs> he's going to be like, yes. I'm waiting. Hi. <laughs> hey, okay, if you, I, don't, if you don't understand how it works, then I don't want to tell you. That's just what I do understand is I'm going to need another shot of espresso <laughs> if you keep it up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyways, it was a good day and all kidding aside, um, everybody's like, where's this going? <laughs> all kidding aside, it, it was a really we a good, good really well put together message. Um, and, and I, I talked to a few people where they were like, wow, I guess I'd never really thought about some of those things like that. And, and it's like, you know, you have to pay attention to scripture right. because it, it, and we, we kind of get hung up sometimes on right. reading New Testament right. stuff and reading the Gospels and reading mm-hmm. a lot of Paul's letters to the church, but there's a lot of those prophecies uh-huh. in the Old uh-huh. Testament that, A, obviously everything points uh-huh. to the Messiah. Everything exactly. points to Jesus, but points toward what you talked about yesterday, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, but well, it was it was a good day. Yeah, and, and, and I think the topic is something that, you know, the church that for a long time have not discussed. We We've kind of shied away from like revelation doesn't mean we don't talk about it we refer to it and we we read scripture from revelation right uh but we don't really dive into the thing because i think sometimes we feel like we are not um what's the word studious enough or savvy enough or we don't know enough or i'm not prepared enough and um and you know 
I guess we're all not going to know 100% what it's going to be, but we do know what God's word says. Am I right? We do know what he says about what's going to happen. And anybody that's ever had a vision of the end times and of that who are in the Bible, it's been quite what's the vivid vivid i mean and you have to remember when they're explaining things they're explaining things in the terms that they know how to explain things today our terming terminology would be different and i'm sure if daniel or um, you know zechariah or isaiah or any of those guys were even the apostle paul john describing what they've seen daniel I, i i have a feeling the terminology would be different because of just our language bear we have there's a language barrier right. between this and you know two thousand years yeah. ago or yeah well and like you talked about yesterday and we'll talk about it in a little bit but there was no such thing as nuclear war no you know there were there were no tanks there were no helicopters there were you know they they didn't know so they were, they saw these visions right and and I'm not sure what they saw but well you know they and that's that's another I that's a scripture I totally left out about. Some of the the prophecy of that, where they saw things flying through the yes, air, yep. and they saw um, how the, it was like fire coming from mm-hmm. them, and um, and there were, you know, it's like Allie and I were talking about that. We went back and we read Daniel right eight and nine, right or seven and eight, right, and um, and it's like you know there are some Bible scholars who think that that could possibly the, that scripture you're talking about could possibly be talking about like an Apache helicopter, exactly, or and that's like what I that. I've heard that for for a while, yep. and I I and when you read those things right now and you see those, um, it the thing about God's word is how and I don't know if it's my age and it could be my age, but I think it's a, a lot combination of, of my age. age and right. <laughs> it's a combo of my life that I've lived and also a combination of the times that we live. But it actually seems to me that God's word and God, the word of God is more um, alive mm-hmm. and more relevant than it was 20 years ago. I, I, I'm not saying it wasn't. Yes. I'm saying that. It's it just seems to jump off the pages. Like when I read a scripture, I, I read it like it's like the first time I'm hearing it. Yeah. Sometimes I get chills. I'm like, I've read this scripture a thousand times, and now all of a sudden, now I, I, it's plain what that actually mm-hmm. means. I know what he's. I know what Jesus is saying. Right. I know right. what he, I know what he's trying to tell me. But now all of a sudden, it now it's kicked in. And I'm like, oh, this is exactly what this mm-hmm. means. So I think it's a combination of life and a combination of um, you know years and a combination of of just the events that have taken place mm-hmm. over this over several years. And, yeah. And so the hardest thing for me is to talk from the talk in front of a group of people plainly that people are going to hear what you're going to say. Right. And that you're going to be explain it in such a way that when they walk out, it's going to allow them to open the door to study more. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like yesterday, I didn't read the entire uh, Joel. Right. I said, I, I hope you go back sometime and read mm-hmm. Joel too. Um, I didn't read Daniel, what is it, eight? Mm-hmm. I said, hey, if you get time, go yes. back and read Daniel yep. 8 um, because I truly honestly want people to read that because when you read it and on your time, uh, the Lord speaks to you through that. Right. I mean, the Lord – I think the Lord speaks, you know, whenever the word of God is spoken or mm-hmm. read, he's speaking anyway. But there's something between you and God by yourself mm-hmm. when you're reading like something like Daniel 8 
which would lead you to read to something else. Cause yeah. you start looking at all these things because, um, like we'll talk about it here in a second, like even Peter referring to yeah. the prophecy of Joel yes. on the day of Pentecost. Nobody really talks about that, right. but that's exactly what, mm-hmm. what, you know, what, what he was doing. Yeah. But I love that. I, I started off with, uh, Luke 21, 28, where, um, it says, so when all these things uh, begin to happen, Stand and look up for your salvation is near. And that's Jesus. He was, he was talking to the disciples and Jesus was trying to tell them that there is a, literally a chain of events that right. are going to take place between now when it gets into before, you know, the rapture, the tribulation in, in his return. And, and before all that happens, here's what's going to take place. Yeah. And, uh, Romans chapter eight, 21 and two, it says creation looks forward to the day when it'll join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay for we know that all creation has been groaning Mm -hmm. as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time and so that is a very good yeah description of where of what this is and um so you know i tried to talk a little bit about you know when you're when you have pregnancy uh the birthing pains are part of it, but it's not all of it because you don't right. immediately get those at, at first. So Yeah, I thought that was a good um illustration you used too in the fact that, you know, you said when what late nineteen eighty seven um you know, Anita comes to you and says, Hey, I'm pregnant you know, you didn't come home like every day starting the very next day being like, is he here? Is he here? Did he get he here? Yet? Is he here? Did no, he, you, you, he knew, yeah. you knew the progression that was going to take place. Now, as you got closer, you know, you did the math and figured mm-hmm. out when it would be close to time. You yeah. got a little bit more on high mm-hmm. alert. And then when it was time, you were like, it was like five o'clock in the morning. Right. And um, you're just like, hey, it's time. And you still weren't fully prepared. No, I don't think you really are. are you? And, and that's, that's yeah. the big thing. It's important for us to talk about things like this because... We want be people to be as prepared, prepared as they as can. can. Be. You're always going to be amazed by it because you have, um, you know, it's like when you know Anita or you, uh, Ali or any any woman who's going to give birth. You know, immediately, you know, when you find out, you don't really see it. You, right. you don't see. You know, she may feel something, but you don't see it or anything. But right. You get five six months into it. Now you're starting to see it, and mm-hmm. she's starting to have some. You know, different things go on with her and mm-hmm. she's experiencing things. So there's signs that this thing is kicking in, but it's yep. not quite ready yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you look around the world, this is such a great description that, yep. that, that, that they, that oh, they come up with. Because, you know, like I said, you get two or three weeks out from, from the birth, as you well know, things mm-hmm. get they start to get a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dicey at times because you're like, you know, any, it's like, oh, you know, right. are you all right? You're are you all right? Good. Everything yeah. good? Uh, like, oh, I just had a cramp or something. You're like, ah. Uh. So you, you start feeling more and more mm-hmm. of that. And Absolutely. so until you finally get, oh, you know, water breaks and yeah, it's coming. That's still, and that's, you have to get to the delivery room or you, if you're doing a home birth, you do it in the, wherever you do yeah. it. You still have to go through the process of Absolutely. The, so there's a lot into that. So I love the description that the yeah. Bible uses. And, and that's so. the big thing is, you know, like I said, we want people to be as prepared as possible. But even when – don't think that you're always prepared. Even when you mm-hmm, think you're prepared, mm-hmm. you're still not prepared. Right. Um, Kennedy showed us that. Allie was pregnant with Kennedy and um, ended up having a, a, a scheduled C-section planned for her. And the night before, what happens? Hallie's water breaks. We weren't expecting that. Right. And so it kind of threw us into a panic. 
And it's like, oh goodness, we gotta, okay, we gotta go. It's time to go. And, you know, she still ended up coming on her, right, right. on the day we, we expected her to, but it just wasn't exactly the what way you we, planned. Yeah. What, what we had planned. Exactly. And so, you know. Of course gotta, Kennedy did that. Of course <laughs> she did. You know. But Allie and I were talking about what you were talking about a little bit ago when we, we read that, those couple chapters yesterday. And, and it's like, you know, you, you said that, as you look around at what's taking place in our world and you said, you know, 20 years ago, it's so different from 20 years ago. Allie made the comment. She said 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we think about that, you know, Jordan's 11. Mm-hmm. And when Jordan was born today is, is we're living in a different time than mm-hmm. when Jordan was born. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you do have to kind of take a step back, read the Bible and try to understand it the best you can and look and, and see what's taking place mm-hmm. in the world and be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to, um, just spider web for just a, sh- a minute. The world's changed a lot and it has changed a lot since the, you know, the mid nineties, especially. And, uh, especially when it, I mean, the world is always going to be the world and they're always going to do crazy things, but like morality and everything really, especially when, um, in politics or, um, whatever celebrity, um, has really taken a nosedive, and I'll tell you where I noticed it. Um, I was a youth minister during the whole um, Bill Clinton and Monica oh, yeah. Lewinsky, Lewinsky. Uh, thing, and um, so I was a youth minister during that time. And so we were talking. There was a, we were on a retreat, and it was talking about abstaining and purity, and you know, mm-hmm. have, not having premarital sex. And I'm telling you what, it was a terrible. Um, well, it was not terrible, but it opened a lot of discussion because sure. Bill Clinton tried to redefine. Uh-huh. what sex was and so if you know if you didn't go all the way then it's not sex um you know the bible talks about purity and it talks about you know keeping yourself clean before god and mm-hmm. and to be holy and so um you know and again i'm not being political i'm using what they have done and how the world has bought right. into it and how it has affected the church of jesus christ mm-hmm. and what he did really affected the church it affected the world because it really did kind of redefine what right um sex was i hate to admit it but mm-hmm. it did uh, whether he meant to do that or not he was just trying to get out from under cover himself you yeah. know but then um i'll notice another thing is when um you know, uh, you know what was it 80 or not 80 but 2007 8 when um obama took over um office things just went downhill radically mm-hmm. i mean the guy's a radical he's a i mean there is no god in that guy whatsoever right. yep. and um i mean i cannot tell you the just the immoral things that this man toted and passed off and so 2007 so your wife might be right 10 years yeah. 12 years mm-hmm. um because things have trained the world is to if you ran the clock back and we could do this yep to say 2004 or 5, things are always going to be crazy, okay? Right, Let's right. Let's admit that. But if you could run the clock back, it is so different than what it is right now. Yeah. You know, so you look at 2005, 2006, prior to yep. uh, when Obama took over in 2008, and, you know, and since then, it's just been, it's just, it's a never-ending, yep. uh, it, it just never ends. It's just, it's one thing after another. And now, so now everything is in your face. Yep. And so, um, but... um I know it irritates us and I know we're like these people get under our skin, but am I not, am I not correct when I say that 
you know, this is what has to take place because yeah. the closer, the more that this mm-hmm. happens, the closer we are to Jesus's return. Yep. And I know that freaks a lot of people out, but not me. Here's the deal. With I'm ready that too. And, and, exactly. I'm ready. And here's the deal with that. If that freaks you out, man, you should probably just lock yourself in your house because whether Jesus comes back or I get hit out on 47 by a semi truck, I don't know when the day of my death is going to take place. Right. Or you keep running on those highways, bro. You need to watch out. Right. You running with the traffic or I run against. Okay. So gotcha, I'm okay, facing okay, traffic. Okay, but, oh, sorry. Go ahead. But anyways, you know, we don't, if you're freaked out about when Jesus is going to come back, we're not promised tomorrow. And Jesus is very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Like we need to live, we need to live every day like Jesus is coming back right, right now. Right. We need to be ready every right. single moment of every single day because we don't know what the next breath may hold. Right. And so, yeah. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was, you know, honestly, I'm not going to mention a name because I don't know who it was, but I was listening to somebody and, um, I think I knew who it was, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But anyway, they said if they fall asleep on their couch at night or whatever, they get up before they go to bed and they're, they always, you know, they go to the bathroom, brush their teeth, you know, and as they're going to bed, they're always thinking, if I died in my sleep tonight, um, what do I have to answer for? Is there unconfessed sin? Is there things in my life that mm-hmm. I have to get together? This is a person who's, as far as I can tell, because it's one of three people um, that I, I, I think it is, um, they were like, um, what do I need to come clean with God? And they, the, the whole point was this, is that even though my salvation is secure, I want to make sure that I stand before God with a clean heart, that I understand that God search me out. Yes. So that I am, I'm clean. I want to go into the next, if, if I give, if I get another gift of the day, I want to go into the next day with a refreshed spirit from, Mm -hmm. from you. What do I expose what I need to, and he says many times that God will point something out that Mm -hmm. needs to be exposed. And sometimes he said, sometimes it comes out of him from left field. He said he doesn't even think about it. He lay, lay his head down and shut his eyes and all of a sudden something will happen. And he's like, Oh, thanks God for telling me now. Now I'm wide awake. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think, um, we, we always have to be ready. And, um, and that's a great reminder of, you know, yes, Jesus is willing to give us salvation mm-hmm. and grace but repentance is a continual mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. you know we don't just say okay god forgive me of my sins for now and mm-hmm. forever no like part of the process of, of sin is when we do sin we repent we we acknowledge that sin in our life and i think we have a hard time doing that for sure i, I really do i think we gloss our yeah. we give ourselves a free pass on many things and that's why we are where we are right now yep. that's why a lot of christians don't are, are they have unforgiveness they have bitterness they're not kind they're they live in fears worries anxieties they're cowards and i think because we give ourselves a free pass right and so you know it's like it's like hey you need to go talk to these people you need to go into the world and you know preach gospel well who am i because you know i you know uh, right. they give you all the excuses can i just be honest with you i i sometimes think that people don't talk to their friends or their relatives or their kids or their parents or whoever and it's not because they feel in in inferior i think that they um they just don't want to go against them because right. if they do they won't like me I, I think they're, I think they're selling out. I think they're selling out short when they could actually help these people. So, but I asked a question yesterday and I know we drifted a little bit, but, uh, the question was, do you know when we, um, when the last day started? 
And so I tried to make a connection of the dots there. And I, and I said it started when the Holy Spirit showed up in Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, it says, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yep. And then I, I read Joel chapter 2, verse 28, where he prophesied, and this is important. Yes. After doing all those things, here's the important part. I will pour out my spirit upon all people, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And like, again, if you haven't read Joel 2, I think you need Mm -hmm. to read it because it's a great, great passage of Scripture. But his prophecy ends in Joel 2.32 where he says, but everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved. So he's telling you basically what's going to happen, but he's also telling you the Spirit's going to come, but you have an opportunity to be saved. Exactly. This is Old Testament. So people... This is all connected. It is. All of this is connected. And then in uh, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts 2, 16 and 17, says, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. So Peter is connecting mm-hmm. the dots from Old to New Testament to Jesus. And he says, in the last days, and I love that he uses in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all, all people. people. Yeah. So he's given them a setup. So Peter... Basically lining up what Joel was prophesying about, and I love that he uses in the last days because he's he's showing you what you need to be mm-hmm. looking for, mm-hmm. and then he verbatim verbatim repeats Joel. Yeah, Acts two seventeen. Peter says, "Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams." So we've been in the last days for 2,000 years, basically. Right. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So if that's, if that's the case, then that's where we've been. And so we are, we aren't just waiting on the signs of the time. We are, I think I said yesterday, we're in the waiting room. We're in the delivery room right yep. now. We're waiting yep. on Jesus' arri- arrival right now. So, um, what I did is I said that we, have, there's a chain of events that, um, that, that take place. And the first, I said link, link number one was very, very crafty. Very crafty play on words there. With the chain of events? Yes, yeah. link. You didn't think I was that bright, did you? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> May 15th, 1948. And this was the day that um, the nation of Israel actually was uh, reborn. Yeah. And um, and I and I actually think this is one of the most prophetic things mm-hmm. in the entire universe that has happened, I'm going to say in our lifetime, because it's been in the last, what, almost 75, 80 years. And, but, and a lot of people were alive. Right. That actually even attend church here that saw that happen. Yep. That is something that is fulfilled in the prophecy of God. And, um, and a lot of people missed it. They're not, they're, they're thinking it's history, but it's actually prophecy that's being, um, played unfolded. out. Yep. Yeah. So Isaiah 66, eight. Isaiah says, who has seen, who has ever seen anything as strange as this? Who ever heard of such a thing? Has a nation ever been born in a single day? Has a country ever come forth in a mere moment? Yes. <laughs> May 15th, 1948, it was. Exactly. So when the United Nations, which was big, I mean, when the United Nations announces something yeah. like this, um, I know they're not like they, they're different today than what they were. Correct. But when they make this announcement, this is a, this is an important announcement, and it was recognizing that Israel literally is now um, a nation. A nation. Yeah. And uh, with that statement, boom, prophecy had just been mm-hmm. fulfilled. This was a prophecy um, of God. Mm-hmm. So the modern nation of Israel, I, I think that if people – you can miss the part of this. This is a miracle. 
Right. This is something that right. is in the hands of God. This is something that people need to yeah. to realize. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. It says, um, and this is an important verse. I kind of link these together. He says he control the he controls the course of world events, and he removes kings, and he sets up other kings. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked a question. I said, do you know who first recognized Israel as a nation? And it was President Harry Truman. And when Franklin Roosevelt passed away, Harry Truman was put into the Oval Office. And, um, you know, the thing about that is, is that I, I believe with all my heart. He was there for a reason. He was there for yeah. a reason. And I know Harry Truman went ahead and served for a number of years after that. Mm-hmm. And he was reelected. But I'm honestly, I'm going to tell you something straight up. It was him that God wanted in that office for that right. reason. Because I don't know if Harry Truman was on the ticket. When FDR was elected that right. last right. time, I'll have to go back and look, but I'm a 99% sure that Harry Truman wasn't even the vice president. He was actually instilled later because I think the other one got sick or, and I can't remember who it was. I'll have to look to yeah. be honest with you, but Harry Truman wasn't even supposed to be at there right. at, at right. that time. But, um, you said it took him 11 minutes, 11 minutes, 11 minutes. He read the document yep. and said, this is it. And, um, he, if anybody ever reads anything about Harry Truman, he really was a believer in, mm-hmm. a staunch believer in God, but he was a very, um, what, what would the word be, to the point? He was right. a black and white person. He took no guff off of you, mm-hmm. and he would tell you. If he didn't agree with you, he would tell you, yep. and and he was never going to budge from this. So, But anyway, 11 minutes to, to sign this, and everybody in his cabinet... You can check it out. Everybody in his cabinet was against him. Right. Dean Acheson, who is the Secretary of State, literally went in a tirade on Harry Truman, and Harry Truman had to back him back down. He literally told Harry Truman, we're going to go to war, and Harry Truman was like, no, we're not. This is not going to happen. And um, so when everybody was against him, mm-hmm. he went through and he did it. Tell me that God wasn't with him. And I'll tell you why that happened. Harry Truman's dad was a very devoted Christian, right? and he was a big believer in the in, the nation the of Israel, of God, and, nation yeah. of Israel and, and connecting all those dots. And so Harry Truman, I think he was in the White House. The yeah. second link is nuclear war. Right. You read this verse from uh, Zechariah fourteen twelve, where he sees this vision. And, and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, where, mm-hmm. you know, vocabulary wise, like they they didn't know the word nuclear. Exactly. Um, exactly. They'd never seen it. Exactly. <laughs> They'd never seen anything like this. And so this is what he says, Zechariah 14, 12, on this vision. He said, the Lord will send a plague on all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their people will become like walking corpses, their flesh rotting away. Their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. So I do not believe that prior to uh, some th- events in world history that people understood this verse. Right. Because yeah, – He's uh, probably not talking about zombies. No, because that's <laughs> what you would think if right. you looked at that. Right. But I um, but I, I think nobody understood that verse until – and what the magnitude of that was until the atomic bomb. Hiroshima. And then, um, yeah, in August 15, 1945, Emperor um, you know, announced his surrender. surrender. And his exact mm-hmm. words were – they were dead before they hit the ground. Yeah. Like they were not, they were rotting before they hit the ground. That would make that verse come alive. Yeah, so exactly. when you read the Bible and you read prophecy, you really need to start looking at it from uh, what their words are mm-hmm. and, and, and how they're describing things. They're describing something, like you said, their vocabulary is different than ours, mm-hmm. but they're describing something that is absolutely horrific that they'd seen. And most of these guys with their visions, it, it really haunted them. Right, right. Uh, as, a, as a prophet, uh, they were haunted a lot of times. <laughs> it was not, a, not an easy job.
So some of the things, real quick, you know, for them vocabulary with their vocabulary being different, you know, was probably good. Like it was good they they didn't know what nuclear war was, right? But they also didn't know what espresso was either. Espresso, right? Espresso. I wonder if they did. I wonder what John the Baptist would be like. Oh espresso. my, he'd have been hopped up. Yeah, That'd Elijah, awesome. Elijah. Moses. Oh, Moses comes down off the mountain with. Meeting with God with the Ten Commandments <laughs> and jacked up on four shots of espresso. Every time I hear Moses, I always think of Charles Charlton Heston, Heston and the Ten Commandments. Yes, yes. <laughs> Link number three. It is Jerusalem, 1967. And this is absolutely mm-hmm. huge. And and this all took place during the Six-Day War in 1967. And I'm going to tell you, if, you, if you've never read about the Six-Day War, you really need to to read about it because it is an absolutely uh, great study. And it comes down that, you know what, this is God. Right. <laughs> this is God right. working in this, right. in this war. In 1948, remember that Israel becomes a nation. But you know the thing about that is is that they never controlled the city of Jerusalem. Right. right. Um, the Gentiles were still in control. Control. The Jews live there. Mm-hmm. But um, So in Luke uh, chapter 21, verse 24, Jesus said, Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles. And until the period of the Gentiles comes to an end. And then Jesus says this, pretty much the same thing in Matthew 24, verse 2. Do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished and not one stone will be left on top of the other. Mm. And Jesus is talking about what's going to take place in um, 70 AD. Um, and when they're going to come in and destroy the temple, they're going to level down mm-hmm. Jerusalem. So I wanted everybody to get the picture that... Uh, in Jesus's prediction, which is what seventy years after Jesus died, right until nineteen sixty seven, guess what? The Gentiles controlled. Mm-hmm. We're talking about what? Almost nineteen hundred years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. That is a long, long time, and not until IDF paratroopers uh, were given the command to go in and to take over the ground and mm-hmm. get it back again, and then for the first time. In years, um, Israel control, controls um, Jerusalem. So I asked a question yesterday, why is this biblically significant? And uh, Jesus says in Luke 21, verses 31 and 2, in the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. And I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from this scene until these things have taken place. Mm. And so... <clears throat> And this is something huge to think about. And this is where you start, people have to start really thinking about, you know, what their life is. So once Jesus is saying, once Jerusalem is taken back, that starts the clock mm-hmm. on the return of Jesus Christ. Yep. And so a biblical generation, they say, is between 80 and 105 years. Um, some say it's 90 years. Some say it's 80 years. Some say it's 100 years. I mean, I've heard yep. up to 100, right. 105 years. So you you do the math. Mm-hmm. 1967 plus 100. 1967 plus 80 years. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, um, you know, 100 years, we've already been 46 years past 1967. Am I right? No, not that. What is it? What's 67? We'd be 50. I was going to say not 40 years because I was born in 85 and exactly. I'll be 40 so, in two years. Yeah, so we're 50, what, 54 years yeah. or something like that? So 2067 is not that far away. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Mm-hmm. 23, 33, 43, 50, 40-some years away from right. that. So if that truly is, and I don't think people realize if that's if that's is the biblical yep. generation yep. he's talking about, what's going to take place in the next 45 years? Right. 
if in fact 50 years, say. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I've always said, you know, there's a good there's a good chance that I may not be a little alive when Jesus returns, but there's a good chance that mm-hmm. your kids and my kids and yeah. my grandkids and your grandkids are going to be alive. If yeah. I live into my 80s, a possibility that I will be. Well, that's true. Because I'll be right there. Maybe you'll be running on Civvy Road. Pro- that's probably how it's going to happen. It's <laughs> probably how I'm going out. <laughs> exactly. All right, link number four. Mm-hmm. It is a connection and being connected in social media. Yep. And uh, I, I think technology is definitely going to play in part of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you, you read something like Revelation 11, and, you know, again— 20 right. years ago, you people were like, well, how is that going to happen? Exactly. You know, how how's that going to take place? You know, 20 years ago, yeah, we had cell phones, but I had a flip phone. All I could do was make phone calls. It took me five minutes to send a six-word text. Because you had to go through all the letters. You had letters. to go through all the letters. Right. And I, the only game I had on there was Snake, where I had to go eat these little things. And oh, that's true. Snake. I remember that. That was so awesome. Um but you read Revelation 11 now, and it's like, oh, absolutely. For sure. Connect, you know, connection and social media can play a part in that. Mm-hmm. Verses 7 through 10, Revelation 11 says, when they, and it's talking about um, these two the prophets, prophets, right? The two prophets, or, witnesses, yeah. yes. Um, it says, when they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare war against them, and he will conquer them and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city that is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was crucified. And for three and a half days, all peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies no one will be allowed to bury them. All the people who belong to this world will gloat over them and give presents to each other to celebrate the death of the two prophets who had tormented them. Think about that. 20 Imagine years watching ago. watching that. 20 years ago, it's like, well, <laughs> how in the, the world would that happen? No, now you know. You know. 20 years ago, you're probably like watching um, Star Wars. It's like, oh, is it going to be like hologrammed? Yeah, exactly. We so, don't. yeah, I mean, now, now you can. Now you can do that. So – Here's a question for you. I didn't, mm-hmm. even, I didn't even go into this yesterday because this is not really what I wanted to go into. Right, right. But I really wanted to so bad, but I didn't. Um, who are the two prophets? Because mm. I've heard all kinds of things. Right. I've heard it's Elijah. heard it's Moses. I've heard it's um, um, Isaiah. I've heard it's John the Baptist. Mm. Um, who is it? I don't know. I read a I read a an article from somebody who gave the what ifs. They think it's Elijah and John the Baptist, mm. and the the guy was kind of comical when he was writing it. Right, he was Christian, and right. he did a really good job. I can't remember his name. I wish I gave him credit, but he uh, he was he was talking about this, and he's like, "Can you imagine if it's John the Baptist? He's like, really, God? I, I get beheaded in the first in the first go round, and then you send me back, and they kill me, and I got to lay in right. the streets for three days. Really, right. really." <laughs> But I, I, I don't know. Is there a significance with the three days? I believe there is. You know, Jesus. Exactly. Was in the tomb three days. Nothing. Oh, help me put it this way. Everything. Right. There's no coincidences in the Bible. None. Everything yeah. is into play spiritually when you start looking at this. Right. So. Right. Uh, where were we? Link, 
number. We are going on link number five, five. now, which is global deception. Here we go. And, and, and you know, Jesus talks about in Matthew twenty-four. And if you get a chance, read Matthew twenty-four mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he talks and he tells the disciples to make sure that nobody deceives you. Exactly. Do not let somebody trick Don't you. Don't be led astray. I mean, and and I'm telling you, since uh, honestly, since 2020, I've seen nothing but deception and lies, right. and from the government, from the uh, medical community, from our educational system, even churches, ministers, they're oh, yeah. all and that's everybody's the deceived. most disappointing part. Exactly. There. And um, you can't find the truth anywhere. Mm-mm. I mean, it's just absolutely uh, crazy. I love the quote. <laughs> and he wasn't even being funny by none other than. Tim the Toolman Taylor. Right? I mean, Tim Allen. Exactly. Um, he said, there's so many lies and half-truths flying around. I heard a podcast that said, we now have fact-checkers checking that checking the fact-checkers. My question is, who is checking those fact-checkers? It's all so crazy. And he's right. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about it. He wasn't even being funny. He was just right. being interviewed. Exactly. He was kind of going off on the whole system right. and right. Um, and how – at one point he talked about how – the dumbing down of our kids is, he said, one of the biggest uh, things that he has seen over the last several years. Yeah. He said they, he said they, they have more technology, they have more things than anybody in any generation. But he said they have to be the stupidest mm-hmm. uh, generation mm-hmm. because they just don't know things. Exactly. It's so funny when I, I'm, I'm not on Facebook very often. Um, I, I find it, in the words of Solomon, meaningless. Um, right. it, it's. I'm on there. I, I kind of peruse it a little bit, mm-hmm. but thankfully, because I don't pay attention to a bunch of garbage, mm-hmm. um, I don't see a bunch of garbage. Um, but it's so funny. Like I'll see people share something, and then it's blurred out, and it said, you know, like this has been fact checked and has false information. I've clicked on some of them before. You know what some of them are? Scripture. People. No, no lie. Oh my gosh! So people's scriptures that they're posting, like pictures of like a flowery field with a scripture on it, are being fact checked as false information. Oh my goodness! And then there's other stuff. Who's checking like, those fact checkers? Exactly. Nobody. Nobody. No, they'll they'll let things fly that are absolutely. You can look at it and be like, well, that's not true. Like the whole UFO thing, right? Did you? <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Sent you from the yeah. from uh, yeah. I sent yeah. a meme to Craig from Austin Powers, and it was uh, the one lady on on there where she's and it said, uh, "Well, Austin Powers or uh, Doctor Evil's on the phone," and he says Hunter's plea deal fell apart, and it shows that one lady, the one that yelled everything, yeah, and she's like, "Release the UFOs," <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's about right, right? It's about it's right. Like, it's like I've said for the past. Three years, we are literally watching The Wizard of Oz, and it's like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And I have yet to find out who the man behind the curtain is, except, I know, Satan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He just continues to use different faces. Exactly. First um, Timothy 3.15, the church is the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. And I believe this is important because the our podcast is called Grounded. But right. the truth is, mm-hmm. the church is to pe- keep the world grounded, and we've not done that. Absolutely. We've done everything but that. We've mm-hmm. tried to blend in. We've tried to coexist. We've tried to not make waves. We've tried to make, be you, make you feel yeah. good. But you know what? We're no longer the pillar of truth because we're starting to adapt to the culture, and we have literally watered down the gospel, and we've watered down God's word. Mm-hmm. And we the thing about it is is that we don't want to offend anybody, and we right. don't. that's not your job. That's not your call. You, you're not called to be liked by everybody. You're not called to go along to get along. So you're called to be salt and light. 
And so Matthew 5, 13 and 14 says, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. And you know what? I could probably do a whole sermon series on that. It's mm-hmm. a, such an awesome verse. But you're, you're to let your light shine. And when you let your light shine, here's what you're going to do. You're going to expose that which is evil. You're going to expose sin and you're going to lead people to Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's if you're truly letting your spiritual mm-hmm. light shine. And in the process, you have to, the Bible tells us, we have to be ready in season and out of season. Exactly, and, and the, that's the problem: is people expect people like you and me to tell their friends, to tell their family, exactly what you know what God's word is and what God's exactly. word says. But the truth is, is that you are in those people's lives for a reason. You're in your workplace for a reason. Exactly. You have a relationship with that friend for a reason. So be ready when the conversation turns there to lead them to God's word to lead them to Jesus. Guaranteed there are people here yesterday watching or Christians uh, listening that um, they'll they'd amen something yesterday or they'd be like, oh, that's that's right. But yet they refuse to talk to their, their son or daughter about living with somebody, right? Uh, about premarital uh, sex. They'll refuse to talk to their son or daughter or mom or dad or aunt and uncle or friend about living a gay lifestyle. They refuse to do it because you know what you're doing? You're selling out. Right. You're going along to get along because you don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Shame on you. Shame on you because guess what? You, you, eventually it's going to catch back up with you. You're going to have to answer for that. God has put you in that person's life for a reason. For sure. And guess who's not doing the job? You. Mm-hmm. I can help you. I can help read scripture to you. I can help pray with you. I can help you do whatever you need to do. But guess what? God has you right where he's got you. I'll right. be honest. It's not easy. Yeah. Not easy to talk to somebody like no. that, especially if it's a relative. If they get offended, they get offended. It's the, right. That's on them. That's not on you. Right. And that's why we have to be, for lack of better words, grounded in the truth of the word of God. Exactly. Jesus said in John seventeen seventeen. you read this yesterday, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. All goes back to God. Exactly. Link number six, nation against nation. This was good. This was, and Allie and I were talking about this um, yesterday as well. And she was like, I really appreciated how you kind of broke that down, broke down, you know, this idea of the biblical terms of nation and and kingdom. Matthew 24, seven, Jesus says this nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there's two groups there Mm -hmm. and they're both have a lot to play. Right. And, um, the thing I think she was talking about was, is that, um, it broke down what, the biblical definition of kingdom is right. um, because um, the United States would actually fall in that. Correct. Because used um, to. Yeah. Because I said, <laughs> uh, uh, well, basically a, um, a, a kingdom is a borders, rulers and rules. Right. And so I said, you know, we would fall into that because we have borders. I said, we used to, used to. <laughs> and then we have rules and, and, and all that. And rulers. So, and, yeah. yeah. And so the Greek word for nation is ethnos, which means, an ethnic group, or it is a people group. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we start to roll this with this. So where, the United yep. States is a kingdom, but we have ethnic groups living within that kingdom. So what we see today is nation against nation. We have ethnic group against an ethnic group. Let's just, for lack of a better term, blacks against whites, right. whites against blacks. And so when you have that, what happens is you are pitting two groups of people against each other. So when you have something like the George Floyd thing that happened, right. and that was Black Lives Matter came out, and I can't tell you the Christians who got on that right. kick, the Christians who were on – I had actually – I had somebody here tell me I was going to go to hell if I didn't defend the Black Lives Matter thing. Wow. And I looked at them. I said, have you read the Black exactly. Lives Matter go website? And, go and – yeah, go to their website. I, and, and I looked at them. I said – 
really about. I, and you know, I said, no, you're going to go to hell if you don't change your life. Yep. They don't no longer come here. God blessed them on their journey. Right. But I right. really believe that. So what if, but anyway, they, when the whole George Floyd thing came out and they, it was like they were pitting black people against white people. It's like a race mm-hmm. riot. And then when you get somebody, uh, you know what? This is the pot. This is our podcast. So I'm just going to say it. You get the buffoon like Joe Biden stand up and says that white supremacy is the biggest threat to Mm -hmm. democracy. No, what's the biggest threat to democracy is abortion and pedophilia, Mm -hmm. and God is not going to bless us because half the guys in our our Congress and our Senate and the White House are involved in all that stuff, Mm -hmm. child trafficking and everything else. So you're getting what you're going to get because God's not going to bless somebody that's going to trash our kids. So um, that's not the biggest threat. To democracy. So, and what, but what he's doing is doing exactly what Satan wants him to do and is doing exactly what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. It's going to be nation against nation. Absolutely. And these things have to happen because this is what's going to bring the end. Right. Right. So, but anyway, this is, this is where I said yesterday, you have to look at everything in the, in the lens of spirituality. And Mm -hmm. even though it is infuriating to listen to these fools, right? It is infuriating. But also I realized that the predictions of Jesus Christ. Right. And so this has to happen. And that brings us to the last link. Are you happy? We're at the last link. Next to last link. The last link is, so this is link eight, and then link nine is if Craig Brads goes under time two Sundays in a row, like get ready because Jesus is knocking on the door. (laughs) Economic collapse. Exactly. And um, I think everybody would agree that the economy is just crazy. No matter what Joe Biden says when he stands up, we got the greatest economy of all time. We all know that's not true, and we're seeing it in our pocketbooks. Um, but here's the thing. There's going to be an economic collapse, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's going to – I I didn't say it to scare people. I'm not saying it's going to happen next week, next month, maybe two years from now. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but the Bible prophesied mm-hmm. this, said that we were going to have an economic collapse. And this is where you've talked about Daniel 8. Right. And Daniel 8 describes the Antichrist, and and uh, and again, I'm glad you read it yesterday because I hope everybody else reads it too because at the end of the chapter, Daniel faints. Mm-hmm. He faints what because he of his vision. It was too extreme for him. It was, it was extreme. Too, Can you imagine? No. that It was so overwhelming that he, mm-hmm. he faints. Um, but anyway, there's going to be the— Okay, and, and I'm not sure timeline. Just think about that, though. I'm not sure timeline on when that happened versus what happens just, what, a couple chapters earlier? Right. When he's thrown in a den full of lions about to be eaten. But he faints over a vision. And then he faints over a vision. Exactly. This is mad. This is huge. Yeah. So the Antichrist is going to step up. And the the Bible says that um, he's going to cause craft to spro- prosper, mm-hmm. which means he's literally going to rescue act, the world. He's going to act like he's the savior of the world. And for a short time, he's going to look like it. Mm-hmm. And so when I was younger, I think I said this yesterday, I didn't know how people were going to fall for this. Right. I didn't know how they were going to take you know, the mark of the beast. They were going to take this mark, 666 chips and, and all this thing. But I, I've, got, I've boiled down to it. I, I'm not so certain it's not going to be technology. And I don't know how technology right. works with chips and, yeah, I and, don't know. and, and all that. But um, – and this is where I said yesterday, how many pay for their You were calling me I called out. you out, bro. Without you should have you just out. said Brandon goes through Tim Hortons and all he has to do is Brandon, scan stand his up, phone. Show everybody your app. Tell, right? Show everybody your Antichrist app. Exactly. <laughs> and then you were – I get up on, on the platform and, and you're talking and you're like, you know, so – 
you know, it may be, you know, if you want your Tim Hortons coffee, you've got to, you know, take this mark or do whatever. I'm like, wow, he's calling me out. I felt the heat. <laughs> exactly. Revelation thirteen seventeen. No one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of, of his name. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the Bible does predict there's going to be an economic collapse and, and this one world leader, like you just said, it's yeah. going to stand up and say, take my mark. Right. You take my mark, you can buy your coffee in the morning. Take my mark, you can go on vacation. Take care of take your my, family. You, yeah. you can go to school. You can do whatever you want. Just take this mark. I'm going to tell you It'll something. I'll be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And um, that's exactly what they did two or three years ago with masks and vaccinations and passes, mm-hmm. what they tried to do. I'm telling you, it was a test run to see it was a test run by Satan yeah. to see what he can do because – you know, Satan's not all knowing like God is. Right. So he's still, even though the Bible out. predicts yep. this, he's still got a test run this. Mm-hmm. And so he's test running. Cause guess what? If the Bible predictions are true, if the clock started in 1967, he's only got 40 some plus years to go. Right. Right. So he's got, it takes a lot, mm-hmm. but this is moving fast and it's moving swift. But, but the lining is silver. Is that, yeah, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior mm-hmm. and your kids know him and it's genuine and it's personal yep. and you're walking with the Spirit, guess what? You're out of here. Yeah. You're not going to have to take that mark. Mm-hmm. You're not going to think about it. Right. Because if you take that mark, guess what? You're doomed for all eternity. You, you can't take that back. Right. It is a do or die situation. You don't get a second chance. There is no mercy and grace after that. Right. So Revelation 3.10. Revelation 3.10 says, and this you read this out of the New King James. A couple of these you read out of. Most most everything was NLT, but these, um, this one was New King James. It says, because you have kept my command to persevere. I love that word. I do too. I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And that's true. He's yeah. going gonna, gonna to get you through that. And this yeah. is the beauty of God. And I know a lot of times we face a lot of we face a lot here. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's admit it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. Personal life, uh, nation, culture, and all that. And I know sometimes we're like, I can't take another day. I can't do this anymore. But you have to remember something like Romans 8.18. Yeah. It says, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. So no matter what you think you're going through, you have no idea what's coming. Right. And that's why you need to make sure you're walk- walking with God. You have the spirit of God in your life. And so I ended everything by asking the question, are you ready to meet the Lord? Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to nod their head just say, yeah, I'm right. ready to meet the Lord. But are you truly ready to right. meet the Lord? Right. So let me ask you this. If another catastrophe or another stupid thing comes like COVID, and the next thing that's coming is going to be worse than what they per- perpetrated mm-hmm. perpetrated with COVID. So right. are you ready? Because a lot of you freaked out and lost your mm-hmm. minds when that happened. So are you ready? Because it's coming. Right. Because here's what happens. Jesus is predicting. So you got it. This is where you have to go with, with God and um, – Get ready for what he wants you to do. So mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff, and we got to be ready. Yeah. So, um, we got a few things coming up. We do, and uh, I can't believe we're already getting ready. What tomorrow is August? Yes, it is, and um, which means we're what a month away. A month, a month away from Christmas. Uh, the Christmas. Service, oh yeah. wait, yes, from the fair service. That is September the third. At 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, notice the time difference. We are here on Sundays at 9 and 1030, but at the fair, it's going to be 10 a.m. At the Richwood Fair, uh, we will have fair passes available beginning the 
13th. 13th. Uh, not this Sunday, but it'll be the next the Sunday. The next Sunday. Yeah. Two, two Sundays. Uh, yeah, two Sundays. Um, and so we hope that you will join us for that, but also invite somebody to join us. It's a great time. Exactly. You've got... I feel like everybody's got that friend that's, they're like, oh, well, if I go into the church, the building will fall down. Exactly. Bring them to the fair service. Because there's no walls. There's no walls. So just They'll bring be, them in. Tell them yeah. it'll be okay. The walls aren't going to come come in. So right. that would be awesome. Yeah, bring as many people as you like, and uh, we're just going to have a good day, worship. And um, I, I, it's it's really, um, I've been to every one of them. Have you? No, I haven't. Thanks for reminding me. That was the worst week of my life, maybe. Oh, yeah. I missed the fair service. I was in Hawaii, yeah. Uh I missed the fair service. I missed my son's birthday. That was harder pill to swallow than the fair service. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember that. But this is your third year back? Third year. Is it? Yeah, Yeah, this is second year year back. back. Second year back, right? Yeah, I was last year, and the year before was when I was in the hospital. I'll be honest with you, the week, the year that you weren't there... um. Goes to show you how people step up to the plate exactly. because um, things were set up, and yep. I know we had people. I know Clint came in and Randy helped out, mm-hmm. and I know James stepped up to lead, and I know that's probably not what he planned on doing for right. the fair service right. of all things. When they stepped up over a few weeks too, it yeah. wasn't just the fair service because I was kind of out of commission for a few weeks. Yeah, there. I had I had a guest leader come in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it really worked out. God, yeah. God really worked things out. But um, Allie and I did run the uh, stream room together. We. Almost killed each other, but we ran the stream room. You together. know, um, I, and I'm so glad that you had that month off to just, you know, have that time for yourself because, oh, was, yeah, so awesome. Yeah, I know. It's just, you know, I wish, I wish I could do that, but no, you don't. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. All kidding aside, and yeah. I do kid you, uh, all kidding aside, um, I, I wouldn't, I would not wish that on anybody yep. either. So I know it was, but it is though. a testament to, you know, just the fact that I ran seven miles this morning. With dealing with what I dealt with with my lung capacity, like that was all God, mm-hmm. and I had a I turned around in the hospital like overnight. You'd be glad you don't have the lungs of a thirteen year old girl, <laughs> which you do, <laughs> which I do. Yeah, <laughs> people are like, "What?" Craig, Craig that's has an- that's another, another whole podcast. Another, we'll just, get into. Craig has undersized lungs. So exactly. There you go. Uh, we should do. Um, <laughs> the title is "The Lungs of a Thirteen Year Old Girl and the Links to the Second Coming." <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "What?" Huh? <laughs> But anyway, yes, the fair service, and then we also have coming up, or the ladies do, a thing called Women at the Well, Women at the Well, and that's for uh, any female 13 and older. Um, it's an evening of worship and praise. That's on August the 25th at 6.30 to 8, and uh, it's in the RCC Fellowship Hall. So just come and worship mm-hmm. and get ready for that. And then um, we are starting a new sermon series in September, and it's called Written in Stone. We're going to go through the Ten Commandments. It be should good. be uh, fun. should be enlightening, and uh, I'm sure that um, I might receive a couple really fun notes during that series. So, But, well, you know what? I love you know it. what? Tell them, them. God's the care. one that wrote the Ten Commandments. Tell everybody to send those notes to God. Exactly. I, yeah, it's like, I, you know, I'm sorry you get offended because I bash your man, Joe Biden, or some other, <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. The guy is, the guy is like... The most satanic person I've ever seen, uh, who's, uh, who's in a public office. I mean, if there is, if there's a, if there's a hundred decisions that are godly or right and only one that's wrong, he's going to pick the wrong one mm-hmm. every time. So it, it, I've never seen somebody do as bad as one individual is bad. And I'm not just talking since he, um, has right, gone to the right. White House. He's been doing it for 49 years, 49, since t- 1974. The guy, 
you know what? That's another podcast. Right. There you go. Anything else going on? No, but guys, just stop listening to that guy. Stop listening to these people. I still haven't watched the news in over three years, so. Yes. You know what, Brandon? Stop listening to him. Okay. I apologize. Release the UFOs. Release the UFOs. <laughs> it got real right at the end of the podcast. It here. did, man. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. No, I can't do that. No, exactly. <laughs> then we go into another podcast. Right? Craig will be joining Joe Rogan next <laughs> <Exactly>. week. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, I won't. I won't tell you how I really feel. <laughs> Note to self: make sure that Craig is not driving up the road when I'm running, because he may run me off into the ditch. I'm going to need an extra shot of X. Exactly. <laughs> right. I can. I can hook you up with that. For yeah, you sure. <laughs> so got? yeah, we had a good day yesterday. Hopefully, uh, you guys have a great week. Good like weather looks really good. And if you guys um, have been gone and haven't been able to make it to worship, but come this Sunday, um, we're um, we've got a few more weeks in our sermon series grab bag. And um, actually, um, I've got. I mean, I've got a several nasty notes, but I've actually got a lot of nice mm-hmm. ones. And a lot of people like we really enjoyed the sermon. Not uh, a series. Not sure where, what's coming up. And right. I, I think they kind of like being surprised. So sermon grab bag, where you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do that again next time. Exactly. Grab back two. There you go. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging in there for over an hour and ten minutes. We've been at it for a little bit this morning. So um, I'm going to go get Craig another shot of espresso. You don't, I don't want one? I need one. No. I'll be so You'll be running up. down the road. I'll be like, hey, I'll get them. I'll come back on. Hey, let's here. We're doing an amendment to the podcast. I just ran nine miles, and it's all been on Civvy Road. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get in my car and run you into the ditch. (laughs) You're going to need to. Exactly. Well, hey, you have a great day. You too. See you, everybody. Bye.